Chapter 7 of Life of St. Gerard Mayella. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Valeria. Life of St. Gerard Mayella by Reverend O. R. Basil Phillips. Monte Gargano. One Easter holiday, the Redemptorist students who were studying theology at Iliceto under the care of the celebrated Father Limeo, conceived a great desire to visit the holy grotto of Monte Gargano. Monte Gargano is the well-known shrine which the glorious Saint Michael had long ages before miraculously pointed out as the chosen spot where it was the divine will that special honor should be paid to him and to all the angelic choirs of heaven the father rector acceded to the request that was made to him to authorize a pilgrimage to this favored mountain and directed that saint gerard should be responsible for all the arrangements and be the guide of the old party father fiocchi remembered the lifelong devotion of our saint to the great archangel indeed the holy brother's heart was full to overflowing at the thought of being thus permitted to pay public homage to one to whose loving care he had been so marvelously indebted in the days of his childhood for his first communion this famous expedition to monte gargano was an unbroken chain of prodigies and graces the pilgrims numbered twelve in all ten students father de meo and saint gerard the journey there and back could not at that time be accomplished in less than a week to provide for all their temporal necessities they had the magnificent sum of twelve shillings exactly a shilling apiece but there were giants on earth in those days the community at iliceto was poor in these world's goods but rich in the possession of a great saint among its members superiors relied with confidence on the prudence and charity of saint gerard above all on his power with god the event proved that they were not resting on a broken reed when before starting the students in black dismay remonstrated with their appointed leader on the slenderness of their resources he wholly smiled and said god will provide this is ever the motto of the saints to their unfailing confidence in the good providence of our heavenly father they owe the wonderful answers to their prayers it is faith that moves mountains if we believed and trusted like the saints like the saints also we should be heard on high and become 
omnipotent with God. The first halt made by the little band was at Foggia. Here it was that Saint Alphonsus, while preaching to a crowded congregation, had on two separate occasions been wrapped in ecstasy before a miraculous picture of the Blessed Virgin, surrounded by rays of light that darted towards him from Our Lady's countenance and supernaturally raised in the air. These extraordinary facts had been witnessed by hundreds and were public property at the time. We may then, without much difficulty, realize the devotion with which the young redemptorists would pay their filial homage to the great mother of God at the very shrine where she had bestowed on the holy founder of their institute such marked proofs of her maternal love during their short stay at foggia a nun in the convent of the annunciation expressed the wish to speak with saint gerard on the concerns of her soul great was her surprise when the holy brother told her that she would soon be called upon to appear before the judgment seat of god she was quite young and in perfect health however in four months she was no more at the commencement of the pilgrimage the luggage had been placed on two asses and consigned to the care of a hermit of the locality who accompanied the expedition but after the first night gerard seeing that the young students were quite tired out by the long walking of the previous day and listening only to the dictates of his kindly heart determined to hire a carriage how are we to pay for it asked they god will provide was the brother's only answer accordingly he engaged a carriage and pair for the company the unfortunate donkeys dragged laboriously behind as best they might under the charge of their conductor when they stopped at their first halting place in order to take some refreshment they had to wait long hours for the luggage and the hermit at last the poor man arrived all breathless and covered with dust gerard made him take the nourishment that he evidently so badly needed and then gave the signal for a fresh start but at this our hermit proved refractory he said that his beasts would fall dead by the roadside they should not move another inch that day they are not going to remain here said gerard i will see to it all the hermit had no choice but to surrender at discretion notwithstanding his repugnance to travel further he mounted one of the asses while gerard made the son 
of the owner of the carriage get up on the other the donkeys thus mounted were then by the orders of the saint brought to the front of the vehicle while he himself took his position on the box seat and giving the two asses a flick with his whip said aloud in the name of the most holy trinity i command you to take the lead a moment before the beasts were utterly exhausted but now a new strength comes to them they go briskly on their way galloping when the carriage horses gallop walking when they walk giving no more trouble to anyone thus all went well until they reached the next stage of the journey a place called manfredonia here it became necessary to pay for the carriage when the bill had been paid there remained but a few pence in the purse nothing daunted however at this somewhat critical state of affairs when gerard saw some pretty bouquets of flowers that were exposed for sale in the market-place he bought one in order to place it before our lord in the blessed sacrament he then went straight to the church mounted the steps of the altar laid the bouquet before the tabernacle knelt down and said simply o lord thou dost see that i have thought of thee it now remains for thee to think of me it happens that at that moment the chaplain in charge entered the church he saw and heard all thinking within himself that this must be some great servant of god he went up to him and offered him the hospitality of his house may god reward you said gerard but we are a large party never mind that was the reply you are almost welcome you will i am sure accept the indifferent hospitality that it is in my power to offer you unfortunately my poor mother has been ill for the past two months she will therefore be unable to attend to all your wants as she would have wished that can be remedied easily enough was gerard's quick answer all you have to do is to go back to the house make the sign of the cross on the forehead of your mother and she will believe me be immediately cured faith begged faith the chaplain did as he was bid and his mother was well at once thus do the saints repay the favours that are shown them the chaplain on his side was not ungrateful for grace that he had received he made gerard an offering of money to help towards the expenses of the rest of the journey and sent pilgrims with a good speed on their road at last they reached monte gargano here they joyfully satisfied their devotion to the great archangel but at last tired out 
as they were from the ascent of the holy mountain. Nature craved for rest and refreshment. Where was Gerard? No one had seen him for some time. At last, they found him wrapped in an ecstasy. His face turned up towards heaven, his eyes fixed as though gazing silently on some object unseen to all save himself alone, his body motionless as a stature. For some time, it was impossible to rouse him. At last, he slowly came to himself as if awakening from a deep slumber. On seeing himself surrounded by his companions, his humility was disturbed. Covered with confusion, he said quickly, It is nothing, it is nothing. Let us now think of getting something to eat. Thus he tear himself from the divine embraces to provide even for the bodily needs of other. That night they passed in an inn close to their holy grotto. The morning was consecrated to devotion, but next day there came a new difficulty. Once more their funds were at a low ebb. The money so generously given them by the kind chaplain was all but exhausted. How were they to get another dinner? Gerard told them all to sit down without more ado, for God would surely provide. In a few moments it was a day of abstinence. The table was covered with several dishes of excellent fish. Where could the fish have come from? Great was the excitement to find out. Gerard held his peace. The hermit who did their commission was then questioned on the subject. He said in reply that the previous night the saint, on perceiving that he had almost come to the end of his recesses, had knelt in prayer before the altar of the archangel, when suddenly a stranger came up to him and placed a roll of money in his hands with the words take that pray for me and do you love god more and more it was now time to think of returning when they asked for their account the innkeeper sent in an exorbitant charge this gerard was not going to pay he said quietly Unless you are satisfied with what is really due to you, you will lose all your mules. That very moment, in rushed mine host's son. Come, father, come quickly, he cried. I cannot understand what has happened to the mules. They are rolling about the ground in a frightful way. Come quickly. The man then knew that he had to deal with the saint. Terror-stricken, he cast himself at the feet of the servant of God, imploring his pardon. I pardon you gladly, said Gerard, but never forget that God takes the side of his poor. It will go badly with you 
if you ever attempt to defraud them again st gerard then insisted on paying the amount which was really due and left the house before departing from the spot he made the sign of the cross over the poor mules they immediately gave every sign of the possession of their pristine figure at the foot of the mountain the young students complained that they were consumed by a parching thirst patience cried gerard there is remember a well a little farther on but on their arrival at the eagerly expected spot they were dismayed to find that the rope by which the bucket was lowered had been removed they could gaze but only gaze upon the tantalizing sight of the cool water as it sparkled temptingly below them far beyond their reach the owner of the place had taken advantage of the prevailing drought to extort payment from the thirsty traveller even for that which god gives freely to all his children saint gerard besought his avaricious man not to be so hard-hearted as to refuse the poor pilgrims the means of slacking their taste all however was in vain gerard pressed his case again and again only to meet with reiterated refusals at last the servant of god pleaded no longer since he said in a tone of menace you refuse even a cup of water to your neighbour whom you are bound to love as you love yourself soon the well in its turn will refuse to supply your wants with these words gerard turned away but scarcely was he gone before the wretched man came running after him begging him for god's sake to return and not delay it was he bewailed the only well in all that neighbourhood what would happen to him what would happen to the countryside even while gerard was still speaking it appeared that the water had commenced gradually to subside obedient to his voice and now the well was completely empty hence the consternation of its owner come back come back all of you i entreat you he exclaimed you shall have plenty to drink you and your beasts as well gerard's companions accustomed though they were to his miracles could hardly believe their ears quickly they retraced their steps and leaning over the curb of the well beheld with wonder dry stones where a few minutes before the water had been glistering in the sun they then turned to the saint and begged him further to exercise his power and give them something wherewith to assuage their burning thirst straightway the water was seen to reappear 
bubbling slowly upwards and not stopping until the well was as full as before the catastrophe. I beg of you, said Gerard, as a final word of friendly warning to the proprietor who, true to his word, now hastened to supply the pilgrim's needs. I beg of you never more to refuse to anyone that which belongs of right to all the world. If you do, you will find to your cost that God will again refuse it to yourself. They then all quenched their thirst, and we are told that, from that day forward, the offence was never repeated. Water was never refused from that well to any who passed by, at least during the lifetime of him to whom St. Gerard had taught the duty of charity by a sermon more eloquent than could be preached from any pulpit. On their way home, the pilgrims visited not only Our Lady of Foggia once more, but also a little chapel in a sequestrated wood dedicated to Maria Coronata. Here, Saint Gerard went into yet another ecstasy. His companions must have been well used to the sight by this time. Yet one of them ventured to ask him, when he came to himself, what had been the matter with him during the trance. Oh, it is nothing, was the humble answer. It is only a weakness to which I am subject. Thus ended the famous pilgrimage to Monte Gargano, a pilgrimage never to be forgotten by those who took part in it. Among these was a young man called Peter Paul Blasucci, brother to the young novice Dominic Blasucci, whose life has been written by Saint Alphonsus, and who had died in the freshness of his first fervour and in the order of great sanctity a few months previously peter paul blasucci at this time was barely a year professed but during this journey saint gerard told him that one day he would be elected superior general of the congregation of the most holy redeemer the prophecy was fulfilled forty years later when in the year seventeen ninety three the general chapter elected Father Blasucci to govern the congregation founded by Saint Alphonsus. The pilgrimage to Monte Gargano had lasted nine days. The little band returned with their purse better replenished than when they first started on their pious travels. Confidence in divine providence is a bank that never breaks a well that never runs dry. End of chapter 7 Recording by Valeria